Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. But running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. Howdy. On today's show, we will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach, which will give us a uh, big rundown on some of the video games that have uh, been announced and some of the news that may be coming up very soon. I will talk about the first impressions of Netflix's Sweet Tooth, and of course, we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's got our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Yes, lots of ways to get a hold of us. And however which way you catch our pods, you know, because they have podcatchers. Hey. Uh, give us a five-star review or give us a written review. It'd be fun to see uh, what you guys think about it. But again, you can also contact us at bjgeeknation at gmail.com. One of our amazingly awesome people who goes out there and uh, gets us all the information is Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. You can go to his website, skewedandreviewed.sknr.net, to get a whole bunch of information. But I do have him on now, so we can talk about some video game stuff. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is sknr.net. And now the video game news is coming out there. Very interesting stuff coming out, especially from Battlefield 2042. Yeah, this had been rumored for a while. There had been the unofficial official leaks uh, coming out of trailers and screenshots and stuff like that. And that always happens. And, of course, you get all the rumors of, well, are these condoned leaks or what's the story? Because usually if you leak news like that, uh, they come down on you like a ton of bricks. And it's amazing how this stuff always comes out. So you have to kind of wonder about it. And uh, what we had is the big drop, and officially, EA Play is doing their showcase in July. It's part of the Summer Games Fest, which actually kicked off the other day. We had a lot of nice new trailers and stuff like that ahead of the E3 trailers. And what we got was a rather interesting look. The game looks solid, but there's some interesting things about it that raised a lot of questions, and we're not going to get, you know probably a definitive answer on these until July. Um, Some of the things that came out is that it will not have a solo campaign. Oh, it is not a battle Royale. The DLC and future expansions will be free, but essentially it's a 128 player max multiplayer game i mean is and in that so that because they'll have objectives and stuff like that that's what makes it not the battle royal correct okay and, okay you know we hear things like there'll be various classes we hear things like um everybody's going to have a wingsuit so you know you can fly around and stuff like that and i of course but that makes me think of well geez every battle royale game in the world yeah. you have to drop into a zone <laughs> and you know i'm intrigued by it because to see what they have but i'm kind of one that needs a little bit of a story in even in the multiplay it helps to have a narrative because my concern about it is this if you have 128 people i look at it and go how are you not going to have lag and all sorts of problems with this it's it's no secret that many of the Battlefield games have had a little bit of a rough launch. Uh, let's not forget, one of them 
took almost a year to get uh, patched up to what was considered, you know, a desirable level. Now, Oof. mind you, that was several releases ago, and there have been very strong releases since then. But even the most, you know, jaded person would say, uh, yeah, you know, they're to expect it to launch without some kind of hiccup and stuff like that, especially with this many people playing. Um, you know, and then if you factor in cross-play, if that becomes an issue, that's going to be another thing. And my whole thing is, you know, I look at it and I go, 128 players, you tell me every single one of them is playing a clean game? I don't oh, buy it. Yeah, and I mean, like, seriously, in, in a lot of these online games, cheating is rampant, especially if you're looking at something that is on PC as opposed to console. Um, it's definitely a lot harder to do any cheating on console, but cheating's going to be everywhere. I've seen it throughout every game that has been out there, really. So you can't imagine that it's going to be uh, uh, worked, or at least that everyone's going to be on the up and up when it comes down to the 128 people. Exactly. And so now you get a new game, let's say it's a little clunky at launch, and then it's filled with cheaters. That's a good way to make people say, you know what, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the one thing I think I have to preface for everybody. And it's just a gentle reminder, like launch day on anything is going to be an absolute S show. I mean, recently I just saw it when I was playing uh, the start of season nine with Apex Legends. The first week was a trash fire and it was almost comical at that point. So you just got to have a little bit of patience. And if any old school gamers remembered, you know, mashing the login screens for uh, the old EverQuest on uh, on Pac day, you understand that you need to have a little bit of patience, uh, even when you don't have patience. Oh, exactly. And let's, you know, <laughs> let's remember, even a couple of Call of Duties ago, they had issues with the campaign being uh, just laggy and stuttering and everything like that. And they had to do a couple, I mean, I was sitting there playing it going, what's wrong? I've got more than enough hardware to run this thing. And, and, you know, they're kind of like, well, well it's not know. you, sir. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we're, we're looking into it and we're patching it. And yeah, within a week or so, there were a few days, there was a patch and then another one and like, oh, Ren's great now, but you got to expect these things. It's just the nature of the game. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I've been doing is I've been checking out SKNR.net because a lot of Borderlands information has come out, including the movie, other games. What now is out? Well, this is the big rumor, and we're all very excited about this, and it definitely seems to have a lot of traction. Uh, Gearbox is getting ready to do their presentation this weekend, and they have been teasing the announcement of a new game. And it uh, had a link included that goes to a page. It's not there yet. But there has been, you know, they, they sent out Gearbox, a, uh, like a static image that you can't really make out clearly, teasing a new game, so on and so forth. The word that came out a few days before this stuff started coming out was that there was a new Borderlands game coming called Wonderland or Wonderlands. There's a, you know, a little bit of debate as to which one it is clearly, and that it's a Tiny Tina spinoff oh, adventure. Wow. Now, whether it is basically going to be kind of like Borderlands, the pre-sequel, in that it's a wink and a nod part of the overall campaign, uh, you know, 
Is it going to be an expansion for Borderlands 3? That's not what we're hearing. We're hearing it is a full game on its own. And, you know, of course, that brings up so many questions because are you going to be playing NPCs that support Tina throughout the game? Or are you actually going to get to play as her? Because traditionally, Borderlands always gives you four characters to choose from. That's right. Because it, it's based as a co-op thing. And I'm like, well, you can't have four Tinas running around blowing everything up on, <laughs> at once. Because that would, you know, that would kind of uh, un- undermine things. But boy... Let's be honest. Who wouldn't want to be her where you have to craft your own explosives and go to town and, and, you know, it it just, the the possibilities you're like, well, what era is it going to be set in? Is it going to be set when we first met her? Is it going to be set the more adult, but either way, that's the word, and we're going to find out this weekend, very likely. That is very exciting. I just, I would love the fact, I'm just like saying, it was like, no, in this story, we've decided to clone Tiny Tina, and now everybody gets to be Tiny Tina, and it's just going to be something like, I don't know, an explodey version of Splatoon. You're just going to run around and blow everything up. I'm okay with that. That works, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, what's going on with Back for Blood? Okay, so we got Back for Blood, which is coming out in October, and we're really excited about this. And for people who don't know, um, they will cringe if you say this, but officially in the press, uh, excuse me, unofficially in the press, many of us, it's referred to as Back uh, Left for Dead 3 because mm-hmm. it is made by the same people who did Left for Dead. It has the same four-player uh, co-op where you go out into the world and face all manner of zombies and undead and things like that. And you get your weapons and you upgrade. We played uh, an early access version of it. Gameplay is similar. There will be a lot more characters to choose from amongst your four, um, so on and so forth. But if you played the others, the monsters aren't quite the same, but there are a lot, there are similarities and stuff with that. You have your bosses and that sort of thing. So if you've played Left 4 Dead at all, you'll be able to jump right into this and play. And so, as I said, it's coming out in October. Everyone's very excited about it. And now we're hearing that the Warner Brothers showcase that is coming up is pretty much going to be entirely on the game. Ooh. And this has got people wondering because people were like, well, what about the DC games? What about Legos? you know star wars the skywalker saga what about the harry potter games what about this and i said well you have to remember a couple of weeks ago there was all the talk about the divisions of warner brother merging with discovery and a lot of people i believe we even discussed this there was talk that it would essentially i don't want to use the term fracture but split or divide the various franchises between new companies. You wouldn't necessarily oh, yeah, have yeah. all the games under one Warner brother interactive. You might have one company handling the DC one company handling mortal Kombat. one, you know, like that. And there was the big question as to, well, who's going to get what and how's that going to play out? And I wonder if this is actually part of it, that essentially they're saying we're going to save the DC games for fandom down the line. Cause they are going to do another fandom this year. Uh, we're not ready to talk about Lego Skywalker, even though we saw it at E3 2019. We're not ready to talk about the other stuff because that's all kind of up in the air as to who's handling it and whatever. 
but we do know about Back for Blood. It's coming out in October, and we're going to give you a really deep look at it. And I think that's kind of the safest bet that they have at this point, because if they can hype this all up, uh, they can kind of deflect and not maybe uh, really worry about all of that and just be like, hey, guys, big news with this, and just keep pushing that, control their own narrative. It makes sense, and I'm really kind of excited to see what's going to be happening with that. I do love the fact that uh, all the news is going to be dropping this weekend, and you can head over to SKNR.net after this weekend to get all that information. But go right now, because there's all sorts of stuff that is leading up to all this, including news about video games, uh, television shows, comic books, toys, movies, and so much more. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. I am uh, interested because uh, I don't know necessarily if you guys would be totally down for this show. Um, But it is based off of a comic book, and it has dropped on Netflix. The full first season of Sweet Tooth is out. It is uh, eight episodes, and it is a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics and a 91% for the audience. Which interesting. What does this have to do about baking, though? It uh, has nothing to do with baking. It's not um, like a Nailed It or uh, Hell's Kitchen or maybe like the Great Bit- uh, Great British Bake Off. Not easy to say that. Uh, no, this is actually about a child who is half man, half deer. Or half boy, half oh. deer. He's a half deer. That's the important part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very interesting kind of premise. So... What is happening is uh, 10 years ago from the from the show, the Great Crumble happened, and it wreaked havoc on the world and led to numerous uh, mysterious things happening. First off, it was a big disease called the sick, which um, they, it starts off, they're just right into it. There's a global disease, global pandemic, which is very fitting for what we've had to deal with. So kind of a content warning when it comes to that. If you don't really necessarily deal with that, this is a very much purveying thing without the episodes and without at least uh, the full first episode and through the whole series. Um, People are getting sick. They don't know why. People are dying. It does wipe out a lot of people. But at the same point, there was an emergence of hybrid babies born part human, part animal. So it would be like, and it was, it's a really cool setup. And it's kind of like the first, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes of the episode is kind of getting you into this whole setting. And it's showing a nursery uh, at a hospital and they look out and it's all of these babies. Some of them have um, like basically like bird beaks and wings, Hmm. uh, different animals. Like there's a little puppy, like a puppy baby, which is, it's it's super adorable. Is it a pug puppy? Uh, No. I don't know. If it was a pug, I wouldn't like it because they breathe weird. (laughs) Oh, pugs are my favorite. It sounds like me during allergy season, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, pugs are terrible. I don't like them. But no, this is a cute one. Um, But one thing, um, the whole world, basically the world has crumbled. So we're now in sort of a post-apocalyptic scenario with hybrid babies and uh, this great sickness. Um, Nobody really knows if the hybrids are caused or a result of... Like if they caused the big sick or if they caused or if they were the reason for it or if they're if there's nothing together at all whatsoever. Uh, basic uh, basically Internet is shut down. There's no information. People are living kind of nuts. Um, many humans do fear uh, and hunt these hybrids. 
And after a decade of living safely in his secluded forest home, a sheltered hybrid deer by the name of Gus unexpectedly befriends a wandering loner named Jeopard. Together, they set out on an extraordinary adventure across what is left of America in search of answers about Gus's origin, Jeopard's past, and the true meaning of home. But their story is full of unexpected allies and enemies, and Gus quickly learns the lush, dangerous world outside the forest is more complex than he ever would have imagined. And so the first episode, and that's the only one I've been able to watch so far uh, out of the eight episodes, it's it's interesting. And the one thing that really got me is it is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. shot in New Zealand and just the lush greenery and just the sets and the costumes and all of it are just like top 100% just amazing. So this is like a post-apocalyptic Fantasy show, kind of. I mean, yeah. it's not posted. It's kind of stuff happening, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely post-apocalyptic because okay. the apocalypse has happened, and yeah, the sick uh, is still around. Um, that's noted uh, early in this episode, but it's still, um, yeah, like everything is torn down. You really do see as you, he starts to go out on his adventure uh, that the world is not what it was. Oh, and you got Thanos's dad as the narrator. Was it really James Brolin? Oh, Josh Brolin. So it's Josh Brolin's dad, James Brolin? Yeah, Thanos' dad. Wow. Okay, you got me there. Uh, Will Forte's in the first episode uh, playing the father of uh, Gus. Um, and it's kind of, it's it's interesting just in terms of he was the one who took the then baby at the time and went off to the woods, just effed off to the woods and uh, actually ended up uh, building his own like real kind of uh a house set up and then trying to teach the child how terrible it is out in the outside world. He knew that the hybrids would be hunted, especially if they're animals, because you have to imagine that they, people aren't going to consider them human. They're going to consider them animals or at least abominations at that point in time. So it's getting into that sort of dynamic. And the first episode is essentially the origin story of what's going to be happening. So he does uh, meet Jeopard. Uh, at the end of the episode, and then they start going off on adventures. Um, but it's very interesting. I'm really intrigued by this. And you watch the whole thing, or this is just the first episode? Just the first episode. Okay. It's on Netflix, so the entire thing drops, so you can watch it all now. And the um, the reviews, uh, the 98% and the 91% respectively, are basically for people who have binged the whole thing. So it seems like it's really good. I did notice on one article that they have stated that it's less dark than the comic book, which was written by Jeff Lemire. So this is based off of a comic book, um, but it is less dark and as intense, and it's more along the lines of an adventure uh, more than some sort of kind of you know dark graphic novel. And so he's getting reintroduced to the world. Is the storyline based off of the idea he's going to try to solve the problem with the sickness or himself? Or At what? this point, no. Very low, um, kind of low uh, stakes when it comes down to that. He's looking for his mother. Oh, or whom okay. he thinks is his mother. So at this point, they are in uh, Wyoming because Ooh. I think they're stationed uh, at least near Yellowstone. Like they ended up packing up and going in there. And so he right now at this point is trying to get to Colorado uh, where he thinks that his mother might be. It's a bit of a journey. Exactly. So he's going with Jeopard and because uh, he was the one who's like, you know, these guys are going to hunt you. And it's not going to be good. <laughs> he's got, because uh, he has antlers, he's part deer, and he's got the little three points. And one of the lines is just like, you know, you if you go out there on your own, you're not going to last a day before you're mounted on, your head's mounted on someone's wall. Oh. And I was like, yeah, people would do that. 
That's terrifying. You might need a hat. <laughs> and uh, if that isn't convincing enough, some of the executive producers, because obviously all these movies and shows have a lot of producers, but two of the main ones are Susan and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So these are people who are really into this. So I just love that fact. Like at least at the very at the very least that they've got the backing or like, you know, this is good. The seal enough. of approval. Yeah. Totally. Uh, it's worth watching. I think that uh, you guys should check it out. Um, all the listeners, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, again, I've only watched the first episode, but I do intend on binging the whole damn thing. Now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? I know we're not talking about Loki until Wednesday, mm-hmm. but I do want to give you guys some heads up on some stuff. All right. Like, uh, do you guys like Lucky Charms? I love Lucky Charms. I love any cereal with marshmallows in it, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, you know, General Mills launched the new cereal. Are they magically delicious? They're mysteriously delicious. Oh, really? Loki Charms for a limited <laughs> <All right>. edition. <laughs> Dude, the commercial is so funny because a portal kind of opens up and... Lucky's his name, right? Because yeah, it's yeah, his yeah, charms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not Lucky's charms, but it, I'm assuming his name is Lucky. I think it is, yeah. I think the mascot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes through this portal and he pops out dressed like Loki. And it is <laughs> fantastic. So you can definitely check that out and eat it while you're watching Loki. Uh, another big thing, and it's not a spoiler, but I'm going to say spoiler alert anyway, so just covering my ass. Uh, but you know how Loki has those horns? We see it in the comics. We've seen him do it sometimes those in the movies. Big old golden horns. Um, well, we're finally going to get an answer to it as to what's up with the horns. He's horny. He says... Okay. <laughs> I like that point. He said in an interview or during a press conference, people wanted to know about the horns. I do remember that. There was a question on when does Loki wear the horns? Why does he wear them? Is it a ceremonial thing? Or are they somehow an extension of some emotional intention? Is He's he horny. particularly malevolent at those times? Horny. It was all kind of interesting to be asked these questions from outside this experience, and all will become clear in time. Ah, so if you had that in, question, in we time. will find out eventually yeah. in time. And we will mm-hmm. be talking about Loki with spoilers on Wednesday. We want to mm-hmm. wait a week like we uh, used to do as well with that. And since this is a weekly show, it's the best way to go about with that. Right. Just to give you time if you have <laughs> two-year-old little brothers who don't let uh, you watch anything uh, besides Cars. Aww. Which was, by the way, weird because for the last week every night we i we go into my bed we watch uh, cartoons i put on cars so i'm listening to owen wilson and then to that's fu- funny listen to him in car or in uh in loki it was just kind of weird to me because i'm still hearing lightning mcqueen because i'm so used to it right now wow wow anyways <laughs> uh moving on to another disney plus show wandavision we have confirmation that he's definitely not getting a season two um really Yes. So recently, uh, during a Variety's Actor on Actor series, it had Kaylee Cuoco and Elizabeth Olsen. They took turns gushing at each other's latest projects, which was the flight attendant WandaVision. They're like, I love you in this. I love that. Which I, which I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I did like the flight attendant, too. It's a really good show. Not comic book related, but still a worthwhile watch, I feel. Right. And so Olsen then asked uh, Cuoco when they were going to start filming the second season to the flight attendant. And then Kuoko returned the favor by trying to get Olsen to confirm if there was going to be a second season of WandaVision. No, no, no. Olsen responds immediately. It's definitely a limited series, which makes total sense. And I think if they try to make a second season, it's just no, no, no. It's going to be weird. Or if they do it like in between movies. So you get a couple movies and then in a couple years, maybe you do a different version. Maybe. 
Well, and I've also heard that Paul Bettany has said that he doesn't currently have a contract with Marvel. Mm. Um, so he doesn't know if they have any plans. And obviously, like Kevin Feige well, is going to have something figured out and they've got the whole thing set up. But also, I mean, he could be lying, too. I mean, he has lied before. I know he did. Well, not lied, but he was very cheeky about things. He was cheeky because he was like, uh, what? Oh, you say that, but does that mean White Vision's not going to be in any of the upcoming stuff either then? Mm -hmm. Apparently not. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he just kind of flew off after that whole thing went down. Unless he already filmed all his stuff. That would... uh, Unless he's already done everything that he's going to do for these future projects, and so from then on, he's like, I have nothing... After that, interesting. Unless he's trying to play with words, Here I don't know. Comes the rumors and speculation. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but going off on sequels, a movie that I have not seen yet, because if I'm going to be spending money to see it, I want to see it with somebody else, and that is Cruella. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because I believe you have to pay the thirty bucks. Yes. Yeah. It is available on Disney Plus, and if you spend the extra thirty dollars, it's kind of like Ray and the Last Dragon and Mulan. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, Mulan right now it'll, is free for everybody. Every, it'll eventually become free. Yeah. It's like going to see it in theaters, but like you I, can you could watch it as many times as you want if you right. do spend the thirty bucks. Um, which would be nice if I'd actually watch Raya more than once. But <laughs> I mean, I still watched it. I still loved it, but it's yeah. Right. But uh, apparently, one week after the premiere. Disney has already greenlit a Cruella sequel. Interesting. Uh, so, I mean, I'm assuming that you didn't see it either, Joe, yet. No, I waited for Mulan to be free and watched that and thought, my God, if I had paid money for this, I would never pay for another movie in my life. Wow. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that movie did not have any magic. So, uh... But this does have an audience score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was very successful. They believe hmm. like they grossed nearly $50 million globally. So eh, it's not bad, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, I like Emma Stone, but it's just one of those things. It's not my genre of movie that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it, just why bother at that point. It's like mixed Disney with The Devil Wears Prada is very much the vibe I'm getting. So, which, I mean, I did enjoy The Devil Wears product. I watched it once and that's all I needed. <laughs> you really enjoyed it that one time. Though. I really enjoyed it that one time, but I, it's not, I'm not saying I love that movie. It's the greatest movie ever. But the performances were, fran- were fantastic. Uh, so that's what I want to see. Like, how does she portray Cruella? And I've heard a lot of people just really liked kind of the punk vibe okay. that it, uh, that comes out from it. Because if you've seen any of the screenshots um, of her costumes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah, it looks pretty cool and pretty punk rock when oh, it comes yeah. down to it. Uh, and then since we're still talking about shows and movies, like next seasons and stuff, we do have an update on season three of The Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. Well, so we do know that it's coming back. Yes. Which is good because the way they teased uh, the end of season two. Oh, my God. I want to see what the hell that. Academy. I want to see what that stupid cube does or right. is or whatever it does. I don't know. It's weird. I'll call him Cubert. Cubert. Sorry, that was a reference uh, from an Archer episode. <laughs> Cubert. And it was about a space cube, anyways. Uh, but uh, the Umbrella Academy on Facebook posted a picture and it just says um, the Umbrella Academy S3 with all these different. Things and I'm assuming this is the name of the episodes. Oh, so first thing says meet the family. Okay, that makes sense. We're gonna meet the Sparrow Cat. Yeah, we'll have I to guess. meet the new family because we already know the old family. Right, world's biggest ball of twine. Okay. Second, third is pocket full of lightning. Okay. Third is Google Blitz. Excuse me. I don't know. Mm, don't urban dictionary that All one. Right. Uh. The next one is Kindest Cut. Ooh. 
Next one's uh, Off Wiedershin. I can never say Off that. Off Wiedershin. That one. That is, isn't that like the song from The Sound of Music? It's like Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. It's like saying goodbye or something. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. So, ooh. Da, 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 da. Exactly. I Which is. only know this because of family, family guy. guy. Yeah. Is that Alvita saying? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I Uh-oh. speak two languages, and even then, I don't speak them great. Okay, give me a break. I was hoping maybe we figured it we'll out. We'll go with that. Sure, <laughs> why not? I'll just say uh, da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> last one, uh, or not last one. The next one is wedding at the end of the world. Okay. And then we have six bells, and then oblivion. Oblivion. Which it seems to be a reference to the, the Hotel, Hotel Oblivion, Oblivion. Yeah. which is kind of what suppo- this is supposed to be based off of. Have you read it yet? I'll get that. Because yeah. I let you borrow it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I still have it. I'm just making sure I know where my copy yeah, is. It is, it is, and I need to definitely read it before the Umbrella Academy, probably, hopefully, right. very soon, and I'll get it back to you. I'm sorry. Which is funny. Uh oh. I'm gonna, like without spoiling. I'm trying to think. I will say something about reading Hotel Oblivion and the some of the places they're at reminds me of Loki. Really? The I idea- don't like this. Uh-oh. No, no, I don't like this. The- Smells like spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like, it, I feel like they're probably, they're, I mean, obviously they're not going to go with the book because they haven't really gone 100% faithful. I wouldn't even say 50% faithful to the book. No, no, no. It's like <laughs> the characters and some of the situations. But, I mean, essentially the first season was season one and two smushed together, or uh, book one and two smushed together. Right. It's all, it's, I want to say, it's kind of like reading The Crow. Uh, mm-hmm. If you read The Crow graphic novel, it's very different from the movie, but the movie was still done under James O'Barr's like supervision. So all the edits and everything were from his mind. And with the Umbrella Academy, it is the same thing because Gerard Way is mm-hmm. very much in tune with um, being a, a showrunner when it comes down to it. Right. And if they had like real life talking monkeys, not just one, Pogo. But a lot of them. But, like, and they are just, they live around the world. It's just like an everyday thing. Like, I feel like that show would be a little too much. Yeah. So, a uh, lot too much. Freaking read Oblivion, Hotel Oblivion, I just will. so I I'll can talk back and to you. Spoil it. Yeah, stop talking. Yeah, just stop <clears throat> talking about it. We'll get to <clears throat> it. We'll eventually get to it. Probably, maybe. I mean, you uh, have until at the very least the next season. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll, I'll make sure that happens. Okay. Well, <laughs> until next time, guys. Stay nerdy.